This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. It's that time of the week again, NFL Friday, Week 13 edition. Vinny DeBell is joined by Jackson Heil, Chris Baccia. Guys, how we doing? I'm good. I'm I'm ready to take Charlie down in fantasy. I know I'm not playing him this week, but when the playoffs come, I'm taking him down. It's coming. I'm taking him down. Loss is coming. I'm pretty juiced up. I mean, not talking about fantasy, but the NFL. Uh, this year we have some pretty pretty awesome teams, fun to watch, and um, I'm excited as we come down the home stretch. And speaking of two teams that have been fun to watch and hot as of late going into last night, both super hot, the Saints and the Cowboys. It was a defensive battle in a game that I did not expect to be a defensive battle. 13-10 Cowboys win, beating the heavily favored Saints in Dallas. It was a typical Dak Prescott game in which he didn't really wow anyone. 248 yards, bit above what I expected him to throw for, but a TD. Lost the ball a few times. You know, he wasn't overly impressive, but a good defensive effort from both teams. What did you guys take away from this one? Few takeaways for me. Uh, one, we gotta start. We gotta start talking more about the Cowboys because mm. I I know we've been trashing them all year in terms of do they have the talent? Is the coaching there? Because I'm I'm not really. I think people have kind of given Jason Garrett a little too much flack for what he's done because I mean, what he's been able to do this year has been really impressive with the talent that he's been given. Because like you said, the offensive line has been kind of limited this year. It's not what it was, especially with Frederick out with that. I'm not even sure what to call it, but. He he's been out. The offensive line has been the same, but the defense. I mean, my goodness, yeah, it's defense. it's been it's been incredible. I mean, you look at them personnel wise. I mean, they have like one really good player at every position. I mean, the pass rush they got to Marcus Lawrence, who's going to be in future Jet. You can kind of quote me on that. Okay. At the linebacker position, Van Der Esch has been of awesome this year. Defensive he's been great. player of the year candidate. Yeah. and if they get Sean Lee, if they get Sean Lee healthy for the playoffs, I mean. That's a dangerous linebacking core, and then Byron Jones has been great in the secondary. So, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to Rod Marinelli and what he's been able to do. But I mean, this team—I don't think there's any doubt in my mind right now. I mean, the Eagles are lurking, but I think this is the clear favorite for the NFC East right now. You know, I don't buy in on Dallas. I—I I, I still think Philadelphia is going to win that division. I, wow. I, I just listen. Washington is done. They're finished. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Giants are embarrassing. We're going to talk quite a bit about them, I'm sure. But. I, I just don't buy in on that offense. I don't buy in on Dak Prescott versus versus Carson Wentz and that Eagles offense. I think there's a much better coach in Philadelphia, and I think they're going to win that division. And if, if you know the Cowboys and how they choke it away each year, right? I mean, it's not like the Eagles prior to last year had such great playoff performances in, in, in the past, but, I mean, they proved that they can do it with that group last year. And I do agree that the coaching's better in Philadelphia. It seems like Garrett has been in Dallas for so long, never really gotten the job done, but they've made a lot of years, 12, 13 win seasons, and they've made runs. They just can't finish the job. And in Dallas, I mean, it's the type of thing, it's like the Yankees. If you're not bringing home a World Series, if you're not bringing home a championship, and it's been quite a while in Dallas, I'm shocked that Garrett's lasted as long as he has to this point. But to me, it's almost like I feel like Dallas is a favorite by default at this point because, I mean, I know you mentioned the Eagles, obviously, Super Bowl champions last year, but, I mean, their their IR list right now is, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, their IR list is an all-star team at this point. I mean, you can make a Pro Bowl out of that. And, obviously, Alex Smith going down 
in Washington kind of changes the whole dynamic of how they were. I mean, uh, I thought you look at you look at honestly Washington with the defense that they've been able to have, and kind of Alex Smith being able to be a game manager and what he's been able to do with the run game in AP. I thought they were the favorite, but I mean, yeah. Colt McCoy coming in changed the entire equation. We saw Dallas. I mean, you look at the way they played the last four weeks. Even though I'm not a huge buyer in Prescott, I mean. Amari Cooper's completely changed that offense, yeah. in my opinion, and it kind of opens up a whole new dynamic for Zeke because now they're not stacking the box every time they play. I mean, their their number one receiver was Michael Gallup going in before they got Cooper, and he's just added a whole new dimension to that offense. And obviously the defense has been the big thing. I mean, you limit New Orleans to 10 points last night. I mean, that, that doesn't happen unless you have an elite defense, which I, I think Dallas does, and I just think the injuries for Philadelphia right now are too much for them to overcome to win this division. I mean, New Orleans, they laid an egg on, on Thursday night, last night. I, I don't want to buy into Dallas after that. I, I think it's just a classic case of this team was hot. They were due to lose um, the Saints, and you know, it just happens every once in a while. But I look at what they have in New Orleans and Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and they got a decent defense, and they've got the weapons. Obviously, the running attack is outstanding. I mean— they are still my Super Bowl pick um, to go to the Super Bowl, at least in the in the NFC. And it was a rarity last night in which Drew Brees, Drew Brees never really looked comfortable, and he's a guy right. who's so confident and poised regardless of what's coming at him. Cowboys did a great job of not only in, in coverage, but they sent a lot of pressure towards him. Only sacked twice for 16 yards, but it seems like he was rushed a lot. And my question for you guys, so you have the Saints still as your favorite going to the Super Bowl from mm-hmm. the NFC. How big... First question is, do you think they that, that the Rams slip up and the Saints end up with that top seed in the NFC? And then secondly, if the Saints are the two seed, how big a deal is it that Breeze is going to be on the road? I know it's it, it's not like they're going up to Minnesota or Chicago. They're going to be going to L.A. if that one versus two plays out. Do you think it's that big a deal being in L.A. versus being in New Orleans for that one versus two matchup that we're anticipating? I actually think they match up better against LA than Chicago Mm. I I think Chicago would stand a better chance at beating Drew Brees with that defense and Khalil Mack than LA I mean I think LA is great no question that offense is dynamic but I do think they're going to slip up this is a young team I think they might have another year before we're talking about a Super Bowl for them I I gotta disagree with that just because I mean I, I don't know how you can call the Rams a better matchup than the Bears just because you look at the Saints, their secondary is a mess. They have the worst passing defense in all football, I believe. And you have a Rams offense that, especially at home, would just be so dynamic. Because you have to think that yeah. if the Saints are to play the Bears, it's going to be in the Dome. And also, the Bears, kind of the way the Bears go is if offensively, they, they need the run game to be working. And I, I think the Saints at home can stop that. And I'm still not a full believer in Mitch Trubisky yet. I know mm. he's had a good year. But, again, I'm, I'm not going to buy him. And I think in the Dome, I, I think that will kind of cancel out the effect of the Bears' defense because they are a pass-rush-oriented defense. And I think with the, the Saints' offensive line, they'll be able to stop. I definitely think that if they have to play in L.A., I think that's a big deal just because – one, I mean, obviously we've seen Drew Brees' struggles on the road. I know last night was our first road loss of the year, but, I mean, still, I, you can't make up the difference between playing outside and playing in the Dome for, for Drew Brees. I just think it's too much. But I, if 
the Saints are the two seed, I, I think the Rams go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and there's something about the Rams playing in L.A. this year that I didn't really anticipate of it being such a home field advantage. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not like it's a it's a city that's had football recently in, in past years. I thought it, they'd sort of be lukewarm on the whole thing. But when you have really two teams that are playing as well as they are in L.A., look, it's the second biggest city in the country. People want to go see good football. So, I, I like, I didn't expect for it to be as strong an advantage as it's been, and I think they're really utilizing that. But I think the the one reason why it favors Breeze, not favors Breeze more than it does the Rams, but as opposed to him going up to Chicago, for instance, is it's an older guy and he doesn't have to deal with the conditions. L.A., you're not going to have snowy, negative degree weather in January. So it's sort of going to be a neutral field in terms of, I, I mean, Goff, I'd like better going into crazy environments, crazy snow than I would Breeze, even though he's a vet. So I you'll, just, so I just you'll like take the young, you'll take the youth over the experience going into the cold at this point? I would, even though that maybe doesn't make logical sense there. I, I just like, I, I don't know, I feel like when you're an older guy, as great as Breeze is, probably the MVP up until this point this season, I just think that the, the, the cold, younger guys are more ready for that type of environment. That's... That's, that's an interesting take. I, I just, I also think that, I just think Chicago's a great matchup for the Saints personally, just because I think the Saints, they don't really have to worry about the passing game as much as they would with LA, who could shred their secondary mm. apart. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore's taken a big step back this year, and they don't really have anyone outside of that in their secondary to yeah. counteract New Orleans's receiving game. He was missing some tackles yeah, last night. Yeah, he he had a rough day, and Amari Cooper shredded him to pieces yeah. when they really attacked him, but... Yeah, no, I, I just I look at the Rams and I, I definitely see a much tougher matchup because I mean they could throw the ball all day long and obviously Gurley is a freak of nature too. I mean you, you obviously New Orleans can stop the run, but if you incorporate Gurley, it, it's an entire different story. Yeah, so we'll see what what happens there. Still got qu- quite a few weeks to go before the playoffs, but they'll be here before you know it. We're gonna get into some Jets talk coming up, but first it's our time for our first fantasy hit with Emmanuel Barbari. Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. Guys, so we're going three different positions for the safest bets this week. Starting at quarterback, Jameis Winston of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Normally not a safe bet, you would think, but you have to like what you saw last week. 312 yards passing and two touchdowns. You add that to the fact that he is going up against a Panthers secondary that's 22nd in the league. I think he builds off that performance. You can bet on some high fantasy volume from Jameis Winston this week and putting up as good as QB1 numbers. Move over to wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders of the Denver Broncos, not just picking him because he shares my name, but he broke out in week 12 after being mediocre for three or four weeks prior to that, and the Bengals have just an atrocious secondary. So I think he's going to explode against them, put up some really wide receiver one-type numbers this week, and you move to tight end and Jared Cook for the third safe bet. He's with the Oakland Raiders, and hear me out here, Jackson, before you give me that frowny face. Uh, The yardage has been low for him this season, but the matchup against the Chiefs from a fantasy perspective is very good. The Chiefs have allowed the third most opposing points to tight ends this year in fantasy. So I like the matchup for Cook and the Raiders. They'll probably favor him a lot. Winston, Sanders, Cook, those are your safe bets this week. God bless you for picking, jeez, 
God bless you for picking Jared Cook, man. I mean, <laughs> any Raider, I, I can't, I can't get, I can't get on board with picking hey, any Raiders. Numbers don't lie, and the Chiefs are going to allow a ton of yards. I think he's the safest bet of anyone on the Raiders. Red zone target. Keyword of anyone on the Raiders. Yeah, very true. You can't bet on anyone. That's on what the Raiders, I call but. a homework pick. You did your homework. You got your stats. All right, I'll take it. I would never. Numbers. I would never start Jared Cook. Not a million years. But. <laughs> But all right. Hey, I mean, is there any fantasy tight end that you really trust? Hey, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey's the I only mean, one. Kelsey. Oh, Zach, Zach Ertz for Gronk, sure. Gronk, Ertz. I, I can know. count them all on my left Austin hand. Austin Hooper. So you go <laughs> Cook. You go Cook. Maybe it's a sleeper pick. Uh, maybe I should have put him in sleepers, but he's a stud this week. Jameis Winston is crazy. Deal with it. Also. It's crazy. So we're going to get into some Jets talk. Here's my Jets report for this week. Losers of five straight, the Jets are back on the road this Sunday to do battle with the Titans. After a pair of home wins in October in which the Jets combined to score 76 points in two weeks, they've scored a combined 56 points over the past five games since. The offense has been anemic throughout November, and with both Sam Darnold and Josh McCown listed as questionable heading into Sunday, it's doubtful the Jets will return to form offensively. This stretch for the Jets marks the first time in the Bulls era that Gang Green has lost five straight, and Bulls knows just how critical winning football games is in New York. We're trying to get a win under our belt. You know, winning cures a lot of things and solves a lot of things. It doesn't make everything right, but it's a step in the right direction and cleaning up some small things so we can get better. Defensively, the Jets struggled against New England, especially against the run, giving up 216 yards on the ground. Marcus May is unlikely to play again this week, which means the rest of the Jets' D must step up big time. The Titans have been up and down all year, and at 5-6, and six, there's much more on the line for Tennessee than there is the Jets as the Titans eye an AFC wildcard spot. For the Jets to come out on top, they need to keep Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis in check and maintain the level of intensity on both sides of the ball that they came out with against New England in the first half. Ultimately, I think the Jets are too banged up at the quarterback position to take down a team as dangerous and hungry as Tennessee. Give me Titans 28, Jets 17. Covering the... I'm Vinny DeBellis, WFUV Sports. All right, so update. Since I've made that report yesterday, Todd Bowles, uh, I'm seeing right now from ESPN's Rich Samini, who we've had on the show before. Um, shout out to Rich. He, he has said that Todd Bowles declined to name his starting quarterback Sunday for the Titans, but he has kind of decided and will make it public on Sunday. Very Bowles-like move for... Shocker. Real shocker. Very Not Bulls. showing his cars at 3-8. At, at and eight. I like it. Um <laughs> Don't really care, to be honest. But, yeah, I, I think the, the writing's on the wall. Even if the Jets win out here, I think it, Bulls' time is up. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I, Jets fans have just ha- had enough. They need an offensive mind in there. And I don't think – it's come to a point where, if you're a Jets fan, how enthusiastic can you be about watching these last few games? It's like you just want it to be over and start start up next season already, it seems like. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm convinced – that Sam Darnold is healthy, convinced. I mean, he's walking oh, around the sideline. I'm convinced. I, I I think there's no question that if this was a competitive team, he would have gone last week. I think he might have even gone the game prior. There, there's no question in my mind that he's healthy. What is he even dealing with? It's, it's a foot, foot issue. Like a, a foot, foot issue? Yeah, foot he's screen. a quarterback. <laughs> That's important. You, right? need, you need an important. Uh, I mean, you, it's important, but he can go. You think he's milking it? Okay. I, I don't think Darnold's milking it. The, I think, the franchise. I think the franchise Fair is enough. milking it. But, uh, I don't need to see Josh McCown. It's it's out of this world. I mean, I don't want to jeopardize his health. Obviously, this is a speculative take, 
but I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I, I, I don't even he, question it. Here's the thing. If, if that's the case, I don't even mind it. I, I don't want to see Sam Darnold play another game under Todd mm. Bowles. I, I think it's that much. I think Bowles has been that horrific, and I, I know we talk so much about Bowles. Jeremy Bates stinks. Oh, yeah. He is so bad. I mean, y- no you, talk, you talk about predictability. I mean, they go three and out like 80% of their possessions now. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how you can put a young quarterback – in a system like this, with no weapons, and on top of that, your offensive coordinator has no clue what he's doing. It's not ideal, but <laughs> it's better than him sitting on the bench. At least give him an opportunity to face New England, get an idea of what Bill, Bill Belichick brings to the table defensively. I mean, that's experience that he needs to have as a young quarterback because he's going to face them two times every year without fail. So I, I think, listen, is he? are they milking it? It's possible they're not. I think they are. I don't have any evidence. But um, this team is, like you said, it's anemic. I mean, that's really the only word for it. It's anemic. Yeah, I think it—go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. One more point about Todd Bowles. I don't know if you guys saw his decision on um, on third down and 12—on was third down and two to accept <laughs> oh the penalty. Oh, my God. That was so atrocious. So third I, down and two. I'll set the stage just for, for the listeners. Third down and two— um, Incomplete pass. The pa- the Patriots have the ball inside the Jets. They're at, they're at like the thirty. Yeah. They um, incomplete pass, but there's a hold. There's a, an offensive holding penalty or an offensive pass interference. So now Bowles has this decision that I could have made from my couch. Um, do you decline the penalty and make it fourth down, or do you accept the penalty and move them back ten yards? He accepts the penalty, so they get another down. It's third down and twelve. Brady to the end zone. Gronkowski touchdown. And that, Unbelievable. That's the worst part about it too. Is like. He's made the same mistakes for five years now, and there's no accountability whatsoever. I mean, he makes the same mistakes. He doesn't know how to manage the clock whatsoever. I mean, you look late oh. in games, he has no idea when to call a timeout. He's clueless. It's like he's guessing. It's honestly <laughs> like he's guessing at this point. I, I I don't even know what you can do. And honestly, I think a lot of this has to go on McCagnan, too. I, I'd, oh, be, yeah. I'd be surprised if he was here when the season ends because— He's the guy that's been beside Bowles his entire time, even though he's not even his his coach for that matter, too. Oh, it's 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 such a joke. I I, I think they're gonna uh, keep McCagnan, but they shouldn't. I mean, look at his drafts. Clear the entire house. Look honestly. at his drafts. I think they will clear the house. The one thing I'll say in defense of Bowles, going back to that game, literally that was the play the play that only question anyone cared about post game. They were they were asking him why did you right. accept that penalty there, and what he said is I like our odds. I trust our defense. We like fourth and two better than we do third and twelve. And knowing the Pats, they would have gone for it on fourth and down, fourth and two. The the and I'm not sure if I definitely agree with it, but the the one sentiment I like there is that he has faith in his defense. That hey, these guys are good enough that we, we trust that they're not going to give up ten yards. Obviously, didn't work out there in hindsight. <laughs> it was a, it was a bad call, but I I don't know. I I didn't feel like that was the worst decision in the world. I, I interpret it differently though because I see that as not trusting his. Yeah, defense. I was going to say the same I, thing. I see it as him saying, "I don't trust my defense to make a two yard stop on fourth down. We got to move him back." I don't. The, he's he's in his head. He's saying, "Tom Brady on fourth and two gets it ten out of ten times." So I'm pushing him back 10 yards. I mean, that's not trusting the defense that he's coached now for four years. You could talk about the offense all you want. You could talk about Jeremy Bates. This guy is not an offensive mind. He came in at the very minimum. He should be running a good defense at the very minimum. And that's not happening. That's never happened in five years under Todd Bowles. You Say what you want about Rex Ryan. The guy made mistakes. The guy needed to go. But Todd Bowles can't run a defense. He can't run a defense. 
I think that's why people are pissed off. You give up 41 points to the Bills. Uh, I mean, you can't do that. And you don't and even show up. That's the breaking up. point. You know, yeah, the, the effort they was there. That's up. what people like, were questioning. There was no effort level. Ugh, what a joke. So as we look at the rest of the season for the Jets, it's at the Titans, then at the Bills, then they host the Texans, Packers, and at the Pats. There's a chance they don't get a win in those final five games, especially how they're going. Shouldn't. Tank it. You think they're going on? Oh, they should just try to lose them. Let's get the pick. Whoever the next coach is needs to be someone who speaks. Needs to be someone who, like, has personality. Emotion? Someone – not Rex, but someone in between Bowles and Rex. I loved Rex, And someone who preferably knows a thing or two about, (laughs) like, how how, to go and develop an offensive play. Well, listen. I don't know. Go get Lincoln Riley. Put something on McCagnin, too, as Jackson said. I mean, this guy – what good draft pick is he? I mean, maybe a couple, but none, none really popping in my mind. I mean, Leonard Williams, Jamal Adams, Adams but yeah. these were these were not you know difficult picks. I, I think it, it was guys falling into their lap right. that should have gone earlier. Todd McShay would have picked Jamal Adams. You know, anybody <laughs> could have made that selection. It I was, think Darnold's going to turn out to be a good pick. Yeah, I, but we don't also, know right also now. You look, you look at what look they did in the draft this year. You look what they did with Darnold this year. Every other pick was a defensive player. Like you got, you got to give this guy something. They don't help. draft offensive they linemen. Don't. They, they don't. They, 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 they Mike McCagden thinks that the offensive lineman, all you have to do is install guys over 300 pounds. We may as well put the Fordham offensive line and 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 allow them to start for the Jets. Hey, let's get Lombard at center. Put Lombard let's, in. Get get all those guys because I think he can snap better than Spencer Long oh, at this point. Spencer Long. <laughs> there were centers on the market, and the it's Jets amazing. have a ton of money. They they managed to downgrade this year from center, and they already had the worst center in the league before that. <laughs> that's how, that's how bad that's how bad Mc. Ugh. I, I Especially I rookie quarterback coming in. You need protection. Line, you got to make sure that he he's coming into a good situation. I mean, I I don't like the Giants' pick of Barkley to transfer over for a second, but all I know is that that quarterback's going to come in when they finally get him with some weapons around him. Darnold doesn't have that, and and that's not right. That's not how you build a football team. So the question, uh, yeah, no, I just I think that's why Bell's got to be an option this summer. I mean, oh, I, I, you throw you throw whatever you have. That's got to be his favorite landing spot. I think if you if people were to put money on where he lands outside of, I mean, I, I mean, I think the Jets are number one at this point, and I mean, if we're we're talking about head coaching positions, you you mentioned Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. You think he's the best guy for the job at this point? Oh, I, I I would love I would love Lincoln Riley. I mean that dude's an offensive guru. I don't I don't I don't know if he knows a lick about defense, but that that dude can that dude can coach on the offensive side of the ball. And I would love him. And I know Charlie was just in my ear basically saying that the odds for landing Bell in in order of best to least: Jets, Raiders, and Colts. Personally, I I, I think if if you're Le'Veon Bell, I'd run to Indianapolis and play with Andrew Luck. I don't yeah. I don't know what the health mm-hmm. issue is there, but yeah. they figured out the offensive line. You got an elite quarterback right, right, right. in luck, and I'm sure that he won't get ran into the ground there. Essentially, because I mean the passing game is what it is there. I, I would, I mean, I'd love for him to be a Jet, no doubt about it. But I mean, listen, I I think the best option for him is Indianapolis at this point. See, I think from a football standpoint, I can't argue with you there. But I think Bell's personality, in New York, yeah, I can yeah, see he it. he wants to be in the big market. And Although the Jets made comments. I've heard hasn't he made comments about he comments on Twitter about Andrew. not wanting to play for the Jets. I thought really. I don't. I, bl- I don't blame him. I, I the Jets are as toxic as it gets. But I mean, I think I saw on Twitter the other day he made a comment about potentially playing with Andrew Luck or some something crazy. The like Colts that. could be a serious contender yeah. in the AFC if you add if you add Le'Veon Bell. But on the head coaching note, um, what what are the chances that Josh McDaniels leaves New England? I mean, I, obviously he doesn't leave for that Colts job last year, but. 
I, I just don't get that. I mean, the Jets are going to throw head coaching money at him. He, I, I just, I question, I feel like something nefarious is happening in New England to keep him there. I be- think he's sticking it out, assuming that eventually Belichick's going to be gone. It's going to be my job when he leaves. That's the only possible, I, I think, logical solution. We're talking to, about McDaniels? Yeah, or, why he hasn't left already. I, I mean, mean, Belichick has... 25 more years coaching yeah, that team. So, no, seriously. <laughs> I, I, He's going to coach till yeah. he dies. Speaking of McDaniels, let's let's talk about the interview that you had, you guys had with Ian O'Connor a few uh, – I forget. It was, a, yeah. it was about a month or two ago. He was basically saying that I think he was – Ian O'Connor basically took credit for the reason that Josh McDaniels isn't in Tennessee right now. In Indianapolis. Oh, Tennessee. No, he was, he was going to go to Tennessee, I believe it was, before they hired Vrabel. But I remember hearing on that interview, they were talking about why McDaniel stayed, because basically O'Connor was telling him that, hey, I'd have to listen back. To, I'd have to listen back to the interview to sound exactly what he said. But he basically was like, hey, you're you're got you're the guy that's next in line to Belichick, and that was essentially the reason he stayed. But I don't know. I that that was just the crazy thing I remembered it's about crazy. him. You got an is, opportunity to to be a head coach. You get a coach Andrew Luck. It's not like it's not like the Jets are asking you to come by. You get you get an opportunity to. To win a Super Bowl as a head coach, I think it's I think it's unbelievable. So we're gonna have a lot of time in the off season to look at who the Jets will take. Shouldn't be an eventful last five weeks here, but you never know. Um, I think most Jets fans would like to see them lo- lose out here as opposed to win a few games and get a sort of mediocre draft pick. But we're gonna move it over to the other team in New York, New York Giants football. Bit more of an exciting team at this point. I guess you could say, but first it's time for another fantasy hit with Emmanuel Barbari. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. All right, so this may not be one where you're absolutely just going to sit the guy, but Aaron Rodgers isn't destined for the best production uh, this week in fantasy, and you may look at me and say, He's only thrown one interception all season. He's tossed 20 touchdowns. And he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks ever to play. But he's only gone over 300 yards passing once in his last five games. And he's thrown more than two scores twice this season. So he's not necessarily producing fantasy-wise. If you have someone better, by all means, start them in favor of Rodgers. But you may just have to deal with the fact that Rodgers isn't going to get you much this week for Green Bay. In Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette is, of course, serving his suspension this week. So you have a combination of Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. You may just want to stay away from that situation altogether because neither one is probably going to produce enough to warrant RB2 or RB1 production. And they're facing an Indianapolis defense that is facing a quarterback in Cody Kessler. They can just stack the box all day, prevent any sort of run penetration, stay away from that running back tandem or whatever it may be this week for Jacksonville. And then finally, Joe Mixon, you may know, is a guy that has been putting up monstrous fantasy numbers at times this season. But he is facing a Broncos D that has been incredible against the run this season and incredible against some running backs that have put up some massive production. You look at a five-week split, they've halted David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Lamar Miller, Melvin Gordon, and James Conner. And that's to the tune of 309 yards on 99 carries. So the Broncos D has halted the run almost all season. They're on a good stretch. Joe Mixon could be in for a rough week. He's a dud in my book. I like it. Emmanuel's clearly done his homework there. It's tough to bench Rodgers, man. I I don't know. But for for me, as much as I might want to do it, if I have a better option, I'm I'm 
sticking with Aaron Rodgers, but we'll, we'll see. Especially Rodgers against yeah. Arizona this week, a bad team. I mean, I'm not sure how good their defense is, but I, I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers, I think at this point he's going he's gonna to rip off a few wins and all of a sudden you're going to be talking about Green Bay again as a playoff contender because he doesn't just go away, and, you know. I mean, talk about great, another coaching change that needs to happen. Mike McCarthy oh, yeah. needs to get. Hey, how about New Car- McCarthy in New York? Maybe. Oh God, no. God, no. no. I, oh, I, I pray. To, I pray to Lord that they don't have Mike. I can McCarthy. see him doing it. I mean, I think that. I think McCarthy. He's won. Yeah, he's better. He's, it's better yeah, than, what does he want with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? I mean, regardless, it, it's certainly an upgrade. No, I. Nah, what about Marvin? Lewis I don't even. I don't even. Oh, from God, Cincinnati. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Perennial loser in the first round of the playoffs, but the guy hasn't won a playoff game in sixteen years. He hasn't won a playoff game in sixteen years. But the Jets don't go to the playoffs. Period. So that's a start. I'll take, I'll take Rex Ryan over Marvin Lewis at this point. Anyway, we will get into Giants talk. Our Giants report with beat reporter David Spampanato. Last Sunday's loss against the Eagles officially buried any hope that the Giants could sneak into the playoffs. The Birds have terrorized the Giants in recent history, beating them in 10 of their last 12 matchups. The Giants led 19-11 going into the locker room at halftime, with 346 total yards of offense and 15 first downs. In the second half, 56 yards, three first downs, three points. What was the difference? Saquon Barkley only touched the ball five times in the second half after a monster first half. The rookie Phenom posted 131 yards and two touchdowns on just 12 touches. Pat Shermer should have been feeding Barkley throughout the second half, regardless of the penalties against the offensive line and the sacks Eli Manning took. Now at 3-8, the Giants take on the Chicago Bears and their ferocious defense on Sunday. Whether it's Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, or Roquan Smith, the Bears will be bringing the rush on Eli Manning. The key for the 37-year-old quarterback will be getting enough time to operate and make decisions, and getting rid of the ball quickly. In order to do this, Nate Solder and Chad Wheeler need to show out and prove that they're capable pass protectors. Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard are not only great deep threats, but also have the ability to beat press coverage and get open in short yardage situations. Another key component would be the Giants' pass rush. Last week, Olivier Vernon and the front seven failed to bring any pressure on Carson Wentz. Chase Daniel gets a start for the Bears with Mitch Trubisky out again this week with a shoulder injury. Bringing the pressure on Daniel could force him into poor decisions, opening the door for the secondary to make plays. The Bears have won five in a row, and I don't see that streak ending on Sunday. Giving Bears 26, Giants 13. Covering Big Blue, I'm David Spampanato, WFUV Sports. So before we get into this week's matchup against the Bears, real quick, sticking with the conspiracy theories that we have for the Jets, that, that Darnold's healthy and they're, they're just sitting him. Mm-hmm. I heard this, and I didn't think about this during the Giants game, the second half against the Eagles last week. Why Saquon Barkley only touched the ball four times in the second half? Is there a chance they were trying to blow that game in the second half? Because that's the only thing I can think of, why he wasn't getting involved more in that second half. Do you think that's a possibility? I don't. I can't see that. That is crazy. If they're doing that, do you think they're? Yeah. Doing, uh, no. I don't. I don't think know. So. I mean, for a, for, for a first for a first year head coach. Well, I mean, 
Shermer's coach before, but in his first year with the Giants, I mean, that would that would be lunacy if he was doing that. Per- so personally, that, that's just how I feel. I, I don't think it's. I don't think so. It yeah. would be sacrilegious for a head coach yeah. to to purposely lose a game. I mean, I unless I unless the Mar- unless John Mara's personally on the phone with Pat Shermer. But you can't in be. Between, you, you, yeah, no, I don't it, even it, think it there is front office communication like allowed legally in the sport. But. I mean, listen, is, is it smart? I mean, if it was the I case, probably so. that division's wide open. I mean, I'm not the saying Giants, what are they three and now they're three, three and eight. And, they were three, three and, and eight. Could have been Come four. On, they were never winning that division. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't impossible, and it was impossible. That would be Eli Manning's your quarterback. You're not one. You're not winning. What? What it would require six eight straight, straight games? Straight? Oh, well, I no, guess they were they were point, one and yeah. seven technically. Yeah, so, so, so required eight straight wins. No, come on. That was so I guess happen. you just chalk it up to poor game management. But I just couldn't get over that. He had such a monster yeah. first half last week, and you don't get him involved at all. I was thinking, is he hurt? It just was bizarre to me. And then they blow the game. That and, was ridiculous. And you talk about poor game management. I mean, the reason that they weren't able to stop the clock down the stretch was because they called a timeout on third and eighteen, in which they eventually ran the ball. I think on that play. I mean. We talk about Todd Bowles being bad in game managing. I mean that that is that is as bad as it gets. That's terrible. It, oh, jeez. It, it's worse than it's worse than bad game management. It's I, I it's unexplainable. I mean I I can't fathom it. Especially when it, it's not like uh, you know the Saints. They have Drew Brees at quarterback, so you're not going to give it to Kamara. It's understandable because you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean. Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback, so but he's like he's like but a, he's not very he's good. A, he's a borderline top thirty quarterback, and I mean, he's a guy <laughs> borderline. I don't know. Tell me your take on this, and I'm not saying that I'm an advocate for this, but is there a chance that Eli Manning plays himself out of the Hall of Fame by by having such a, a bad twilight to his career? Well, here's here's the take from me. I I don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer as it stands right now. I, I think Eli has been a league average quarterback at best. In I his think career. that's crazy though. I, I I'm not I, I think I think Eli Manning is you know he's like top five top six in basically all the major statistics. He's yeah, but he's an accumulator. Two Super Bowl he's an MVPs. Though I mean, listen, you you play in the league that long for and there's something to be said for being able to play as long as he did. And I think listen, at his best, he was a what top eight quarterback in the league. I mean, and that's at his best. And what I, I'll call his peak for like. Two or three years. I mean, for most of his career, he's been a middle of the pack quarterback who's had postseason success. Yeah, with two Super Bowls, though. That's the only reason I got to put him in. It's it's oh, one God. of the most bizarre careers in NFL history that we'll look back on. But I think you're not able to tell the NFL story of the 21st century without Eli Manning defeating Brady twice in the True. Super Bowl. Yeah, that's why you got to put I him mean, in there with elite defenses in 07 and 2011. I mean, that's the that's the only reason they won. True, was because but clutch plays, defense. man. In, I'm with Vinny on in, this. In in the fourth quarters of those games. Prime Eli, I don't know if there's a, a guy I'd rather have leading my team down. It was like magic. There, there was something magical about the way he'd lead teams there. Maybe Brady. I might rather have Brady, rather have Rodgers. Outside of that, I think he, he's right there in terms of maybe not right now, but he knows how to lead a comeback. And I'm with you. I don't think he's a good quarter. Like it's, it, That's why it's so bizarre for me to judge Eli's careers because he has such mediocrity at best in the years that he's not winning Super Bowls, he's like, how which do I is most this? of his career. He's like in baseball. He's like Omar Vizquel, but with tons of postseason success. That that that's the best way I can put it. He's a guy who's accumulated his entire career. He was never close to being but the that, best quarterback. But in you the make league. it like accumulating is a negative thing. I I'm mean, not. I'm not saying it is. I mean, Omar Vizquel was as consistent and good a defensive player as you could get in all baseball. But I, again, it's he, not. It shouldn't be looked at 
you know, it's not. I, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have. Like I said, it, there should be something to say about Eli being able to play as long as he has. I mean, when never he, what does he have the God second? Never gets hurt. Was he have the second best streak of all time yeah. in terms of starts? He's Iron Man, which is which is good in itself. But at the same time, if you want to be a Hall of Famer in my book, being outside the top five of your generation, and I don't even think I, I think you could name. Arguably, you can name ten quarterbacks in his generation yeah. that are better than Eli Manning, which, which in my book, doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. That, I, I that's how think, I see it. I, I do think that's probably the the hurdle is this generation of quarterbacks is excellent. I mean, you look around the mm-hmm. league and there are active Hall of Famers all around. There's Brady, there's Breeze, even Rogers. Philip Rivers. There's Rogers. There's Roethlisberger. Yeah, like, that's, that's a perfect I mean, guy, Rivers. Let, let's talk about Rivers for a sec. Rivers is a guy who I think is clearly a better. If you look at just in terms of pure talent, I think Rivers is a guy who's clearly better than Eli Manning, and that yeah. that that's how I view but it. But he doesn't win. But again, are we just going to get? Because my point basically is, we're only putting Eli in the Super Bowl because we're only putting Eli in the Hall of Fame because of two two rings, which I I think is a valid point to a certain extent. But are we going to fault other guys like Rivers for basically not being on? Really good teams and not having elite defenses to go with them. I I, I just can't get by. Well, that. I think Rivers has a shot to get in. Also, the other thing you got to remember is holding them to baseball Hall of Fame standards and football Hall of right. Fame. Yeah, standards no, it's are not completely different. Thing. No, it's completely it's different. It's a joke of a Hall but of Fame Viscal, compared to Viscal, baseball. Viscal was my comparison in terms of just the type of player he was. Yeah. I, I'm not comparing the Hall of Fames because the it's NFL a totally different the, standard. The, the, the baseball is a completely different standard, and whether Viscal gets in or not should have no effect on Eli Manning. My point being. More that I view Omar Vizquel as one of the more overrated players of our generation, so to speak. A guy who, listen, he played all the time. You don't time. value a glove. I do value a glove. But again, people call Vizquel one of the best defenders of all time. Which I'm not going to get into a metrics-based discussion here. <laughs> but point is, I look at Vizquel as a guy who accumulated, wasn't a very good player offensively, had a pretty good glove. But again, he's a guy that you look at his stats. I mean, he's a guy who has three thousand hits, but that's solely based off accumulation. Where a guy like Eli Manning, same goes for him with yards and touchdowns and completion completions and stuff like that. I just view him. I just as don't. I just don't agree with your logic on on this accumulation. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, so he accumulated three thousand hits. Is that less impressive than somebody who hit three? What's the difference between accumulating three thousand hits and hitting three thousand hits, or accumulating this many touchdowns? And throwing this many touchdowns. Well, he's been in, he's been in the league for so long that if he didn't have that, my and, point is he. But if he you didn't admitted have that that, many, that that is there's something to say there's something to say for that, but I don't think we should be valuing that so highly as to put him in the Hall of Fame. Okay, fair enough. I think at this point, though, we're all in agreement that the Giants should move on. Yes. start to mm-hmm. look for a new quarterback. If not, oh, I, I yeah. think they should have done that yesterday. You know, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, how is Loletta not already. even given, been given a shot? That 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 is bizarre. They I mean, must. Well, I think the whole the legal issues and that whole bizarre scene was yeah. the, did not help yeah. him at all earlier this season. I think if they had real expectations for the guy and thought that he could be the franchise quarterback in the future, they would have played him already. I don't think there's a guy on the roster who is going to be their franchise guy in the future. So I would bank on Eli starting these last games. We saw how much Giants fans flipped out last year when McAdoo sat him for one game, not justifying that move at all. But um, I, I think that he'll play out these final games. But just touching on this week's matchup with the Bears, I mean, I, I think just because of the weapons the Giants have, I'm never going to count them out of a game 100%. You know, it, but, but the thing is, the, they're going up against the best defense they've seen all year, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. in the Bears. And without pass protection, the, the Giants are not going to be able to do anything in, 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 
unless somehow Saquon just totally saves the day and it has a r- remarkable performance, but they're they're keying on him. That's the issue. If he was on a good team and had blocking and had a viable pass game and that that, that teams weren't keying on him every time that he touches the ball, you know, he's doing such a great job this year. But uh, imagine if he were in Todd Gurley's position, you know, and, and so I, I just think it's obviously I'm not picking the Giants to win this week, and I think the Bears are rolling. They're going in the right direction. I just think you can't totally count them out of a game because of the weapons they have on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is worst-case scenario for the Giants in terms of a matchup perspective. I mean, you're talking about the best pass rush in the NFL probably right now in the Bears. I mean, so many different weapons. Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Roquan Smith. I mean, so many different directions that they can come at you on the pass rush. And you got a quarterback in Eli Manning who can't move. You have an offensive line who can't protect a cone at this point. Uh, this is this is going to be a disaster for the Giants offensively. It's I mean, a bad matchup. I mean, we, we you look at like you look at what the Jets did against this Bears defense. They did nothing. I I, I can't see the Giants doing anymore. And I, I I know they even have weapons to deal with. I mean, I, I just think this is a, this is a classic game where Eli is going to struggle right from the get go, not be able to do anything. It's it's going to be ugly. He's going to be under a lot of pressure, and that'll that'll rattle him. So it should be a tough one for the Giants, but. We'll see in our pick'em segment if I have the the guts to to pick them in the upset and continue God my my losing you, ways this year. But now we're gonna get to our last tip from Emmanuel Barbari, the sleeper section. I believe sleepers we're on now, and then we're gonna get to pick them. Everybody's favorite part of the show. So sleepers with Eman. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. So I've got two sleepers for you guys this week, starting with the Washington Redskins and Colt McCoy. This is more of a desperation move. If you're really in need of a QB2, some leagues do go with two quarterbacks, so kind of appealing to that mold more than anything. But if you really, really need a quarterback, the Eagles' defense that he's facing has obviously not lived up to the hype. And McCoy, despite three interceptions last week, did throw two touchdowns, so those do count for something. Could give you some points. Again, against an Eagles defense that is not done great against the pass. If you're desperate in a 2QB league, maybe go with Colt McCoy. Second, Quincy Anunwa of the Jets could be a sleeper this week. And it's mainly because he's just outside of the top 100 right now in terms of wide receivers. But the Titans are more going to hone in on Robbie Anderson. So that could leave Anunwa with a favorable matchup against Malcolm Butler, maybe against uh, Logan Ryan. They're going secondary defensive backs against a guy like Anunwa who has some massive upside. Anunwa could be a sleeper this week that breaks out for a big game if the Titans focus too heavily on Robbie Anderson. I'll give you credit there going with some Jets receivers. They haven't panned out in recent weeks, but I could could see it against Tennessee secondary, maybe working out depending on who they have at, at QB. And as I'm pulling up Charlie's spreadsheet, all right, I got it up. We ready for pick'em? Oh, yeah. Ready to go. All right, starting off, Baltimore versus Atlanta. I'm going to go with the Falcons there. First tough test for Lamar Jackson. I'm interested to see how he fares. I, I got to go with the Ravens on this one. 3-0 for Lamar Jackson. I like Baltimore, too. I like Lamar Jackson. Me, too. I'm going to take him. Is this exact step Baltimore, out of the Baltimore at Atlanta. I'm going Atlanta. All right, Broncos at Bengals. I think the Broncos are trending in the right direction. Got a good win last week against the Steelers. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Broncos. I, I, I Like you said, they're trending in the right direction. 
I love their run defense, and the Bengals are a mess. They just got blown out by Baker Mayfield. And Hugh Jackson is a sign of death. I'm, I'm going with Denver. I can't believe he's back. And uh, the Bengals are starting a backup quarterback, Jeff Driscoll. He's making his first yeah, start. Broncos are going to win that game. I think they're better than their 5-6 and six record. I have to second all you guys. Everything points towards the Broncos in this matchup. Give me Denver. Rams at Lions. I think the Lions are going to put up a lot of points, but not picking against the Rams here. Yeah, same here. I mean, you got to go with the Rams. Overrated defense, like you said. I think Detroit could put up some points, but L.A. is too good. Yeah, I don't think Detroit's a bad team, but L.A. is not going to lose this game, even on the road. All I remember about Detroit this season is the annihilation that occurred in week one. Yeah. We thought the Jets had some hope. I'm not picking that team against a Rams team that is far superior. I'm going with the Rams. Cards at Packers. Packers have to win out in order to even have a shot at the playoffs. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Packers at home. The Packers stink, and Mike McCarthy stinks, but Aaron Rodgers is just too good. They're not losing to Arizona. The Packers don't stink. Mike McCarthy does, but the Packers, they're going to be in the conversation. I'm not saying they're going to be there, but they're going to beat the Cardinals, and it's going to be um, overwhelming. I may not be a big Aaron Rodgers fan in terms of fantasy this week, but he's <laughs> going to do enough to lift Green Bay over Arizona, so give me the Packers. All right, Bills at Dolphins. I like the way the Bills have played in the last few weeks. The Dolphins heading in the wrong direction. Give me the Bills on the road. Starting to finally spiral out of control for Adam Gase. First time we've really seen some adversity for him in Miami, but the Bills stink. I mean, they, they, they really do. I, I can't take them, even though I kind of like Josh Allen. Uh, I'm going with Miami. I like Adam Gase, but I don't like the Dolphins. I think they're a bad team. I think the Bills are going to beat him on the road. I'm taking Buffalo. This is one of those irrelevant AFC East matchups that <laughs> I just hate to pick. But one of those two of those three teams that the Patriots get to beat up on. Right, right. It's been that way for 15 if years. Only it was, uh, it was a three-man matchup. It's amazing this year how it's literally six free games on the schedule this year. I mean, free oh, games. So that bad. division free needs games. to get more competitive, but in this one, I'm Goodell needs Buffalo. to step in and change the divisions. Bears at Giants. Here's the pick. I was waiting to make it. I'm going to go Giants at home in the upset. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You're crazy. It's it's going to be the Bears, and it's not even going to be close. Stop it, Vinny. <laughs> I'm taking the Bears. Amen. Oh, I'm a little bit behind the ball here. I'm writing down these picks as we speak, but the Giants stand no chance in this game, and they fall yet again. Panthers at Bucks. I like Panthers on the road here. Buccaneers, you never know what you're getting. I mean, you get like you, you. They've been like eight different games where they've had two quarterbacks this year, which is pretty <laughs> remarkable. I, I, I'm going with Carolina, even though they've been reeling away. I'm a big fan of Carolina. Ron Rivera seems to be a genius one year, and then a very mediocre head coach the next. But I think he's a genius this year. I think the Panthers are going to beat the Bucks. Yeah, I think there's a no-brainer. Carolina all the way. Colts at Jags been a disappointing year for the Jags, and the Colts have been better than people thought. I'm going Colts on the road. Jalen Ramsey's got to keep his mouth shut. I mean, that guy just keeps talking. Ever since he's talked, they haven't won. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Indianapolis. I'm one of the biggest Andrew Luck supporters there is. We talked about generational quarterbacks. I know he's not yet in the conversation, still a young guy, but give him five, ten years, we're going to be talking about him in the Hall of Fame. Also, give me Andrew Luck, give me the Colts. I was about to say Andrew Luck Hall of Fame. He is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback in about ten years. Hope he can stay healthy. So hopefully he can stay on the field. Right now, signs are looking good. Based on previous years, I like the Colts, especially against a Jacksonville running situation that I don't love. Give me Indianapolis. 
Browns at Texans. The Texans with the quietest eight-game winning streak I've ever seen. Yeah. No one's talking about them at all. Give me the Titans to make it nine straight. Yeah. Texans, I, I'm in. Yeah, Texans. I can't pick I can't pick against Houston right now. So dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. One of the more underrated pass rushes in all the game. J.J. Watt's back. Jadavion Clown, he's a monster. They got the defense to handle him. I'll take Houston. This is my big upset of the week. Baker Mayfield looking like he's back at Oklahoma. Since Hugh Jackson left, he's got a 74% completion percentage. He goes on the road into Houston and beats the 8-3 and three Texans. I agree with you, Chris. I'm going Baker Mayfield all the way. All right. Houston, uh, you, you don't like those quiet eight-game winning streaks. Why aren't we talking about them? Because they're destined to lose Good to question. a guy they're like due. Baker Mayfield. You they are due. You, Give me Baker. That is a quote. Give you, me the Browns. You don't like to see those quiet eight-game winning streaks. That <laughs> is a quote. Put that one up on the wall. <laughs> Jets at Titans. We gave you enough reasons why. Give me the Titans. Send Todd Balls to the moon. Titans. Jets are one of the worst teams in the history of the NFL. They're going to lose this game, and it's not going to be pretty. Give me the Jets in an upset. Wow, I like it. Chiefs you think Bowles going to fire his guys up? Come on. Chiefs in the, the lock of the week in so, Oakland. Oakland? Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's it's Kansas City. Maybe they're one of the worst teams in, <laughs> in the history of the game. Not the Jets. I take that back. Oakland's going to lose this game. It's not going to be pretty. Yes, I'm not picking Oakland. Uh, move on. Vikings <laughs> at Pats. This might be a sleeper for game of the week. Um, in New England, yeah. though, I'm going to go with the Pats. I got Minnesota in this one. I mean, I, it, it pains me to pick against Brady. Well, it doesn't pain me. I, I love yeah. doing it, but it, it it's it's tough to do it. And I love the way the Vikings are playing lately. Their defense is finally coming along. They're back healthy. I'm taking Minnesota in this one. Uh, Brady will make you look dumb when you pick against them, and I think he's going to do it to you, Jackson. I mean, listen, this is one of the tough games of the week for me. I, I don't think New England looked good against the Jets at all last week, but I guarantee Belichick brings it together against Minnesota. They're going to win this game. I can't pick against Brady on this show. Whenever I do, I'm wrong, and I've already <laughs> fired out two hot takes, so I'm going to go the safe one and pick Tom Brady <laughs> and Bill Belichick. Niners, Seahawks, don't sleep on Seattle if they get into the playoffs. Very quiet, 6-5, and five, Russell Wilson and company. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. This is not more of a I like Seattle as opposed to San Francisco stinks. They are so bad, and especially that Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going Seattle. This is actually more of a I like Seattle pick for me. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Richard Sherman's comments as he faces his former quarterback in Russell Wilson. The guy, you know, really looks ridiculous when his team is as bad as it is. Um, I think it's going to be a convincing victory for Seattle. I agree, and I'm picking Seattle solely because I love Russell Wilson, and I think the schedule has been favorable enough where he's basically been able to carry them throughout this season. I think that holds true this week. I like the matchup you mentioned, Chris, but I, I love Russell Wilson in this game. Chargers, Steelers, Steelers at home. I like Big Ben. I'm going with L.A. I, I really like the Chargers this year. I think this year Phillip Rivers makes a run. I could see the Chargers going to the Super Bowl. That's one of my hot takes out of the AFC. I like L.A. Wow. Okay. Give me the Chargers. I'm on board. I'm on board as well. Give me L.A. Welcome. And final pick, Redskins at Eagles for Monday night. I want to pick the Redskins. I'm not. I'm not doing it though. I like Eagles at home. Come on, you're better than that, Vinny. No, Col <laughs> no Colt McCoy. I'm trying to lose again. No, this no week. problem for the Eagles. I'm going Philly. This would have been a fun game if Alex Smith was at quarterback for the Redskins. Emmanuel said Colt McCoy's a sleeper. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm taking the Eagles. They're gonna look good this uh, on Monday night. Well, I am the fantasy expert this week. I'm sticking with my guns. Give me Washington and Colt McCoy in an upset. All right. So that'll do it for our pick'em segment. For Jackson Heil, Chris Baccia, Emmanuel Barbari, and Charlie Maizano behind the board. I am Vinny DeBellis. 
Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week. This has been NFL Friday.